Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the High Energy Health Podcast. I am Miriam Paninsky, Consciousness Program Director at EFT Universe, and I have the honor of guest hosting this wonderful show for Dr. Dawson Church. And today I have the honor of being here with my tremendous and wonderful, amazing colleague, Amanda Wonderland, and I'd love for her to be introduced to our amazing audience here on this show. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Miriam. Thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute honor and pleasure to be here with you. Amazing. So I'd just like to introduce you with a few words, but I'd like you for you to introduce yourself also even more. But just to cover the basics, technically, Amanda is a certified clinical and energy psychology practitioner and also a certified yoga teacher. She also is retreat guide as well as a transformational facilitator and worth and wellness coach. And we'll talk a lot about how that all gets together and what has come forth for you recently and what you kind of like called to do. And that kind of like basically leads me already to my first question, which is what I have witnessed in you is that there is more and more this calling for a really kind of like deeply spiritually informed work that you offer for your clients. And I'd like to talk about that work a lot today. But I'd like to talk about you first and kind of like ask for you to introduce yourself a little bit more with your own personal story and what led you to the work that you offer today. Yeah, I would love to share. So I have been a self-help junkie my entire life. But from as soon as I could read a book, it was it was personal development. And I was always trying to be the best version of myself and got really into the law of attraction and the secret and all of those wonderful books and programs that came out early 2000s. And I was just obsessed with my affirmations and trying to create the life that I wanted, but I just kept feeling blocks. I just kept trying to make changes in my life that weren't long lasting. They weren't sustainable. They, I was just sabotaging my own efforts. And I just could not figure out why. So around five years ago, I had a breakup with a partner of mine. And it just highlighted for me the patterns that I had in relationships. It looked exactly like every other breakup that I'd ever had. It looked exactly like every other relationship I'd ever had. And so I was forced to just stop and take a hard look at myself as I was the common denominator in everything. <laughs> so I, you know, went back to, to do the work of law of attraction and affirmations and high vibe living and just was really having some issues with it. I had some really bad lower back pain. So I found EFT and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this, you know, silly looking technique a shot 
because I have run out of everything else. And, and then I started tapping and I have not stopped ever since. My back pain went away. My blocks went away. I was able to see how I was contributing to these dysfunctional relationship dynamics. And I was able to rewrite my story. So my transformation was facilitated. I was able to tap into my own self-worth, which led to my own physical, spiritual, mental, emotional wellness. And so now I have been called to serve others in the same way and help them get over their blocks to their best life. A little bit of my story. Yeah. Amazing. If I ask a little bit more about blocks, because obviously, you know, there may be people, listeners in our audience. And I think one of the common things when it comes to blocks or one of the narrative our brain is giving us, this is not going to work for me. I have tried everything. I have like, this is kind of like what often, what often kind of like these stories often come with these blocks. So I'm very interested to see for you to share a little bit about the specificities of these blocks that you experienced and that you also managed to transform. Yeah, for sure. So this has a lot to do with some ancestral trauma that I inherited. These blocks were very similar to my mother's blocks, which were health, wealth, and love. Those are the three areas where it was like, those are for other people. A healthy body, a healthy life, that's for other people. Wealth, that's for other people. And real, unconditional, divine love, that's for other people. And that's just kind of what I thought. So hence the lower back pain and um, and always just struggling financially and then just having difficulties in relationships, being able to give and receive love, not really knowing what unconditional love was. It was very conditional growing up if I didn't, you know, the code of behavior that was required, then the love was withdrawn. And so I did the same as an adult. I was just replaying all of those patterns. I would withdraw love from people or I didn't trust their love. So I wasn't receiving it fully. I was sabotaging in the way that I would become enmeshed with people. There was a lot of codependence, people pleasing, self-abandonment. And then it would just turn into clinginess, neediness, insecurity, trying to get my childhood needs met through my partner. And then mm -hmm. I would attract people who were trying to get their childhood needs met through me. So it was just dancing with each other's damage in every single relationship. I was trauma bonding. They were trauma bonding. And the same was just happening, you know, in my, in my health and in my wealth, where I had an idea of what a beautiful high vibe life could look like, but everything in the way was just limiting beliefs and destructive mm -hmm. patterns and self-sabotage was just getting in my way. So I tapped through each and every one of those beliefs attached to each and every event that I learned those from. And mm -hmm. I was able to release those blocks and actually get past that glass ceiling that I had set for myself mm -hmm. and into a life of ease and flow. And mm -hmm. I'm finding that really juicy and delicious. And I want to yeah. share that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Very good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you can feel that audience, the juiciness and the deliciousness that Amanda is just bringing in. So basically, you, you touched upon that a little bit. So I was just going to ask, like, how does this kind of like, and, and, and we do share that passion also, and the importance of kind of like really digging into and releasing these kind of like ancestral ties. And there's like by now also like evidence 
that kind of like about epigenetics and the trauma is actually manifested in our genes for at least three generations back. I believe it's more than that. It's often like more than seven. But on a practical level, what does it look like for you to kind of say, and, and you did, you said like, I'm, I'm tapping through each and every event that I remember where I learned something, where it was kind of like almost like a, even if it's pre-conscious, but like a cognitive learning experiences on end of visceral of course as well on some level is that what what it is about for you the the EFT in combination with ancestral trauma yeah and I think that there's a there's a bottom-up approach and there's a top-down approach so for me it started with the top-down approach where I was noticing I was having expectations in my relationships and in my life and then I would view those as the viewer as the watcher as the witness as the observer so I was able to see these stories that my ego was telling and then be able to say, wait, is that true for me? Has that been my experience in this life or is that someone else's? So really going from when I feel a trigger to where does that come from and then deciding whether or not it's something that I want to keep or something that I want to release mm -hmm. through tapping. And then mm -hmm. there's the bottom up approach, which is, okay, what is it that I know that my family believed? What is it that manifested in their life? So for instance, the women in my family all lived really hard lives full of struggle where they gave more than they received. They were in unfulfilling marriages with lazy and abusive men. They all had chronic illness and they all died very, very young, like before mm -hmm. 60. My mother died at 49, my grandmother mm -hmm. at 56. So this was my bottom up approach where I was like, okay, they all believed that life was hard. Life was a struggle. They mm -hmm. all, you know, sacrificed themselves, abandoned themselves. They all had unfulfilling marriages with lazy and abusive of men and they all died really early where can i separate these stories from the story that i want to live because the truth is amanda wonderland has had a pretty beautiful life i've had a few traumas here and there just <laughs> like everybody else but it hasn't been hard it hasn't been a struggle in the same way that it was for my mother or my grandmother my partners have not been lazy and abusive i have not been in unfulfilling relationships and i plan on living as long as i possibly can so mm -hmm. just seeing kind of what i was in what I inherited and then coming in yeah. and rewriting the story through tapping and using, you know, the transformation sequence that we use to retrain our neural pathways. And that was the key secret for me. The key was actually going in there and acknowledging the problem and then throwing some self-love and acceptance on top of it and then repeating it. And that's how I was mm -hmm. able to release the ancestral trauma mm -hmm. piece. Piece by piece, yes. And and yes. I think what you say is just so important. And I think it just needs to be reiterated over and over again that EFT for a while has been well known as a simple stress release technique, which it is too. It is true, yes. but it just can be so much more. And the just, and I think that I speak for both of us, the amount of depth we have both experienced when it comes to our own healing work, but also in the work that we are now able to offer our clients on a daily basis is just amazing. And I'd like you, for you to talk a little bit more about your specific work that you do and the stages that you go through with your clients. We talked about this briefly before, and I'd like you to introduce your incredible work to, to the audience, if you may. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. So what happened with me with my spiritual awakening, when my eyes were open and I was able to see how I was contributing to the life that I was living, there was a lot of work that came after that. There was a lot of deep 
inner psycho-spiritual work that came with looking at yourself, taking radical responsibility for everything. So there was a lot of inner child nurturing that needed to happen, a lot of shadow integration, a lot of releasing of traumas. And all of that was at the end with the end goal of transcending your ego and opening your heart so that you could experience the oneness with all that is. So really feeling connected with everything in this life. But I start with with the inner child. I start with nurturing your inner child because I think you can't do this work and without having compassion mm-hmm. for yourself. It has mm-hmm. like it is a prerequisite to have some acceptance, compassion, and eventually love. If you can't feel the self-love right now, I totally understand that. But eventually that is the goal. And for me, that's what healing is. It's accepting yourself as you are and finding some compassion and loving yourself. And it was easier for me to do that when I imagined my inner child. When I imagined my little two-year-old, it was really like compassion Mm -hmm. became really pretty natural for me Mm -hmm. once I spent time nurturing my inner child. So that's Mm -hmm. number one. We work on that first. And we just go into different you know, memories that you had where your needs weren't met as a child. And we reparent them through guided mm-hmm. visualization and through tapping and through unfinished conversations and parts work. We're able to, you know, talk to these little parts of us that need a new way of being in the world and that need to have their needs met. So that's number one. And then we talk about shadow work. So any trigger that that you have, anytime that there's an emotional reaction, a disproportionate emotional reaction, a vicious of projection, generally. So it's a really good opportunity. <laughs> Triggers are our treasures. As much as they mm-hmm. really pull our feathers sometimes, they are the path to healing. They are what shows mm-hmm. us what we need to work on. So shadow work can be really deep and really, mm-hmm. you know, psycho-spiritual in there, being able to look at yourself and the parts of yourself that you've rejected or condemned to the closet and bring that out. And we mm-hmm. can tap through that with, with EFT and really work mm-hmm. on integrating those parts of you and reallocating them in your life and then releasing ancestral trauma mm-hmm. is the third part of that psychological process. So we go mm-hmm. through and we do your family histories and see what you're still holding from your aunts, uncles, grandparents, parents, all of those different people. And then we separate what's theirs and what's yours and what you're willing mm-hmm. to work on and what you're willing to just release through mm-hmm. EFT. And then the final two are the more spiritual approaches. And that's the transcending the ego part mm-hmm. and then opening, opening your heart. Because I think a lot mm-hmm. of these traumas and unmet needs force us to kind of close our hearts yeah yourself Mm -hmm. right but real true spiritual enlightenment and ascension requires that we open our hearts not only to ourselves but to our fellow humans and to the world at large you know so so it starts with those three psychological principles Mm -hmm. the inner child the shadow and the ancestral trauma and then we finish with the transcendence of the ego which can be a very Mm -hmm. difficult phase but tapping can completely put a gentle spin on it and we can work through each of those instances and then opening your heart yeah being connected with everything yeah I think what you just said is is really I mean first of all I love that how you describe your process and what's in it and it just um is magnificent but I think what you said also is important is that EFT is a very gentle opportunity that is very much guided by the client also in a sense like we can go in your rhythm we're not like I'm not gonna try and break anything open that isn't ready to be broken open there it's all kind of like guided by you and your kind of like yeah your capacity your rhythm wherever that may be and as you said and approached with this infinite 
compassion, which is the ultimate tool to create that space to do so, because it just cannot be done with, with judgment and harshness, which often that judgment and harshness replicates the judgment and the harshness we have received as an inner child and does make our inner child retrieve even more if we try to do that or rebel even more. I say yes to all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Before we go into break, do you want to say a little bit more about the last couple of pieces, or I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of whether we should actually leave that to the other, uh, because I want to really go into that and hear more about that from you. But I'd really like to hear more about these last couple of pieces, the ego transcendence and the, the opening of the heart and what that in action looks like in, in a session. Okay. Yeah. So with ego transcendence, it was kind of like I was just getting a lot of intuitive pings from the universe and I kept hearing Mm -hmm. surrender and trust, surrender and trust. So it came in phases. And the first one was like surrender to a power bigger than yourself and trust in its divine plan. And then there came forgiveness of everyone that had trespassed me and then surrender and trust came back. And these were just signs the universe was giving me synchronicities It was like it had a megaphone and a foghorn and it was like, hey, this is what you're doing next. Here's your next great step. So then surrender and trust came back and it was, this is about you though. This is about you surrendering your ego and trusting your intuition at the same time. So it was Mm -hmm. the ability to separate who I actually am, that infinite eternal spirit being that we all share, that fractal of God consciousness, Mm -hmm. that living that life in each and every one of us, you know, and that's who we truly are. And then this ego on top of that, which holds all of our stories, all of our traumas, all of our limiting beliefs, all of our sabotage. And so when you get to that part in your spiritual awakening, where you really just start separating them. And the reason that I do the psychological work first is to validate the ego, just like we validate the inner child, we validate Mm -hmm. the ego, you did have these traumas, you do have this shadow, you are holding these ancestral wounds. And Mm -hmm. So those are the things that need to be validated in the ego before we can actually start taking Mm. it apart piece by piece. And that's what I do through tapping. It makes a lot of sense. And I want to talk more (laughs) about that right after our short little break. We'll be right back with this amazing conversation with the magnificent Amanda Wonderland in just a couple of minutes. Thank you. Welcome back to today's episode of High Energy Health. I'm Miriam Paninsky, and today I'm in conversation with Amanda Wonderland. And we were just talking about the stages of your work and basically the three stages, kind of like the psychological pieces that then lead kind of like to the deeper spiritual work. And I really loved how you connected kind of like the the ego as both something that needs to be validated and that may be kind of like part of the inner child work and the shadow work and all of that in order so that we can transcend it later on. And again, like if you want to talk a little bit more about these last two pieces, the ego transcendence and the opening of the heart of what that practically looks like in your in your practice and how you use and and, and I do sense that you're just a highly intuitive pe- person and that there's also other tools coming in, in those moments, but but I'd love Um, for you to talk a little bit about these tools and how that looks like in actual session work. Yeah, for sure. So ego transcendence can be a 
kind of a crunchy phase of a spiritual awakening. And I just want to make it clear that a spiritual awakening is just the beginning of your spiritual journey. There's not an end point really where, oh, I'm awakened. Now I don't have to do the work anymore. This is your lifelong journey and you will be devoted to the surrendering of your ego for the rest of your life if this is your mission here on earth. So the ego as Eckhart Tolle says, it's just identification with form. So just putting your identification into any part of this 3D existence. So really thinking that who you are is Amanda Wonderland. <laughs> That's the ego right there, because who I am is this nameless, you know, infinite, eternal being. And so as we get through the inner child and shadow and ancestral trauma healing, then you end up with this part of you that's like, wait, I know who I am at my core, but then this personality just keeps kind of getting in the way because of all of its conditioning and because of all of its expectations and all these other mm -hmm. things. So these are the parts where people will come in to me and say, look, I really want to be this spiritual being having a human experience, but this human part of me keeps getting in the way and keeps having all these wounds and triggering and stuff. So it really is approached from the top down. So as people come in and, and they are really trying to transcend this ego or dissolve their ego or die to their ego, there are lots of different ways to put it mm -hmm. so that they can feel that interconnectedness with everyone and get that ego out of the way. That's when we bring in our, our unfinished conversations, our arts work, our empty chairs. So these are all different energy psychology techniques where you can bring in that part of you that you can even bring in just your ego set it in a chair right across from you and just have conversation with it. What is it that you need right now? What is it that, that I, what need is it that is not being met and how can we work mm -hmm. on that through tapping and awareness and breath work and meditation and all the other wonderful things that we use. And in the same way that we integrate the shadow, we can bring that in and just realize what it is like, understand, have compassion for where this part of our ego came from, but then transcend it. And so this is where the self-concepts mm -hmm. kind of die. I, I mm -hmm. used to be a codependent. That's mm -hmm. my ego. My mm -hmm. ego is codependent. Mm -hmm. My spirit is right. not. My spirit is completely interdependent with everybody in the world. So it's mm -hmm. bringing in that codependent part of me and seeing where it still needs some more nurturing, some more love, some more reprogramming. And in that way, we can transcend the ego because I was just trying to eradicate it through spiritual bypass. That mm -hmm. was like the majority of my life was just spiritual bypass. You know, like I am not right. my ego. I am spirit. Let me say it a hundred times. I am not my ego. I am spirit. And my ego was still like, nope, still, still here. Yeah. <laughs> still, run, still running the show. <laughs> I had to give it a voice. I had to validate it. Yeah. I had to allow it space to speak yeah. and I had to give it the compassion that it needed before I could yes. even begin to transcend it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then the opening of the heart kind of happens naturally after that, when you're able to mm -hmm. little by little dissolve that identification with this 3D reality, then the more and more you become mm -hmm. in touch with spirit, which is the oneness that we all share and the connectedness mm -hmm. and the heart kind of naturally opens when that happens. First mm -hmm. of all, I kind of think that our traumas, our childhood traumas, our shadow, all of those things can block our heart from really loving in the way mm -hmm. that it wants to. And I think that the sign of a fulfilling and beautiful life is mm -hmm. an open heart.
a heart-centered life. Everything goes back to the heart. This is what we tell our in our women's retreats. Like we are working on all these different parts of your life, but it's all with the goal to get you back into your heart, that space where you were as an unadulterated, joyful little child running around. You were living heart-centered. You weren't stuck in your head. You weren't, you know, living in the past. You weren't worried about the future. You were in the present, in your heart. And that for me is the goal of this work is eventually allowing yourself to open your heart back up to trust in the goodness mm. of the universe to trust your own intuition and that the universe is conspiring for your goodness that it yeah. really enjoys when you thrive you know and opening your heart to that can be just the most empowering thing in the world. yes yeah it's scary it's, it's, don't get is, me wrong it's, 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 scary, gonna say, it's but... scary it's daunting because yeah. it's it's the infinite unknown it's beyond our own intelligence this higher intelligence is far beyond what our intellect can ever grasp and that just means letting go of all of our mechanisms of control of codependency of managing of micromanaging and all of those mechanisms that were put in place for our survival all of all of them put in place for our protection and here we are and we're confronted with with <laughs> if you want to live that life we gotta face them and it's scary it's yeah. scary yeah. And they're all just adaptations. You know, we had to learn how to adapt in our environments growing up and they've they've stuck. But you know what? We can adapt again because we're not yes. in that environment anymore. Yes. You know, this is the beauty mm -hmm. of humanity. We can change our minds, our hearts mm -hmm. and then our lives. You know, we can do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Another adaptation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we will go on another short little break please tune right back in with us in just a couple of minutes and we'll be back with the fantastic amanda wonderland thank you Welcome back to today's episode of High Energy Health. I am Miriam Paninski in conversation with Amanda Wonderland. And Amanda was just talking about the fact that we can unlearn, we can recondition, we can, I think Joe Dispenza kind of frames it as we can forget these patterns from the past. We can forget these physical patterns from the past and relearn these, these, these uh, new brain patterns that do connect us to a higher consciousness to a higher awareness. And you also said that it's a lifelong journey. So I'm very curious, Amanda, what is it? And I think our audience would love to hear what are your kind of like daily practices? What are your daily kind of like maintenance self care practices that is kind of like part of that part of that journey for you at the moment? And I know those change. And I know these kind yeah. of like develop and kind of like we go through phases but at the moment what what does that look like yeah at the moment i wake up uh naturally as best i can without an alarm i leave my phone in the room outside and i allow the sun to wake me up and then i go straight into kundalini yoga for the first hour of the day so my business partner hosts some uh, on zoom every morning for an hour and so i do some kundalini yoga with those people and end with a little meditation just to get my energy moving and then enjoy some delicious coffee looking out at the lake and grounding earthing so putting my feet 
onto Mother Earth and getting connected in that way, preferably with the sun on my face, but we do what we can with the weather, but looking out at the beautiful lake and just getting in touch with Mother Nature. Immediately that has to happen. Meditation has to happen. First thing after Kundalini. And um, that's a good half hour to an hour these days. It's my favorite part of my day. I look forward to it so much. Just getting into that beautiful place where all that is, is, is there. That void, that causal plane, whatever you want to call it, where all things manifest from that beautiful inner peace and unconditional love. So that in the morning, and then I spend time with my loved ones. That's extremely important to me to have some connection, some time for intention setting on how we want to feel that day, what we want to do that day. I really, really enjoy that. Um, and then I need some some time in solitude for myself. So then I go for a long walk, just <laughs> listening to a podcast or listening to an audiobook. And then I come back and start digging into work and, um, and serving others. But I have a big cup and I have to fill it a lot in the morning with all of my self-care practices before I am able to give from an overflow. Because I think that's what was happening in the past with my people pleasing. I was trying you to just give got drained. Yes. yes. I didn't have my own self-love practices mm -hmm. at all. And so I was just trying to, I guess, get validation and approval for what I could provide for other people instead of who I actually was, mm -hmm. you know, at my core. So now that I realize that I have to fill up, fill up, fill up before I can give, give and serve. So those are my daily practices. There's some journaling in there that comes and goes depending on the insights that I'm having. But the, um, the absolutely un, un, what is the word that I'm looking for? It is required that yeah. I, uh, I can't think of the word, but that's okay. Non-negotiable. It is non-negotiable. Yeah. It is non-negotiable that I get some physical activity, some spiritual activity in there. Um, so some meditation and some yoga and some tapping, obviously. And yeah. then those power me to be the practitioner that I need to be for the rest of the day. Right. And I, I also want to say, like, um, I think what I also see and what I kind of could see in my old story and, and, and with my clients is that we have, have all these stories about what we're able to do and what we aren't able to do because we speak from that empty cup, basically, you know, of saying yes. I could never, I could never get up and do yoga right away. I could never do like, I don't have the energy. I don't have the, like, I don't have the time. And of course there's all these kind of like stipulations and, and conditions that are part of kind of like that old story. And I will say, once you start that process, you will be amazed what you're able to do. And for me, for instance, like one of the most amazing shifts that happened a, a few years ago, and then, you know, I was always like, there was the story of me being not being a morning person and, 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 mm. and, and having to kind of like get my sleep, so to say, but the, the reality was I was highly traumatized and I was not in my body and I was just exhausted because I was in fight, flight, freeze throughout the whole night. Um, right. And, yeah. Yeah. and I could not have, like, if I would have told myself 15 years ago, you're going to wake up at 4.30 in the morning and do two hours of meditation every day, followed by yoga, I would have said that there's no effing way. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Right. <laughs>
So, um, and I was meditating back then already too. And I was like, I was in right. spiritual communities all my life, but there were still certain narratives around certain things. So I, I just want to say that with that work that Amanda also introduced today, if you feel called for that kind of, for those kind of tools, you will be amazed of the amount of energy that all, all of a sudden you have. But it does yeah. come with respecting, as Amanda, with respecting what it is you need to fill your cup every day. And that may also take longer than you thought previously, where it's not just maybe going to be that 10 minute cup of coffee, where it will be the walk and the Kundalini yoga and the meditation and the podcast. And that's right. okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that there are ways like I had to tap down those individual stories like that. Right. I'm not I'm not a morning person, or there's just not enough time or I'm too tired, or I just I just can't make that happen. And I had inherited a lot of those too. So I tapped down those individual subconscious blocks, limiting beliefs. But also what I've found is just as you continue to do this work and start to alchemize your trauma, it just allows more space for you to do these things that you've always wanted to do. So it doesn't feel so hard anymore. It doesn't feel like, oh, I have to yes. set this alarm at 430 and force myself to do this. Like I'm not using my energy to suppress or repress these traumas anymore. And they've mm -hmm. been released or alchemized. So I have all this extra energy. So at 4 30 I'm like yes let's go I'm excited <laughs> so I think there are a couple of ways you can approach kind of implementing these self-care and and rejuvenating activities into your life it's by tapping down those limiting beliefs that tell you that you can't but then also just doing this work frees up a lot of energy for you to be excited about those self-practice those self-practices yes Does that makes sense yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like even Silicon Valley has understood at this point, if they, if they give their tech people, their workers sometimes to be in this quote unquote flow state, how much more effective and efficient we can be for the rest of our days. If we have that time, if we have more vacation days, if we have more free space yeah, to absolutely. go within. Actually, we will increases be... your productivity. It's yes, actually a good exactly. thing for your productivity. Yes, exactly. We will be right back in just a couple of minutes with the last segment of today's show with Amanda Wanderlin. Thank you so much. Welcome back to this last segment um, of today's episode with Amanda Wonderland. And we were just talking about all the, the practices that will have start to have priority in everyone's lives. <laughs> and I know, Amanda, that you just wrote something, a, a blog post on like 10 signs of spiritual awakening. And we may not have time to go over all of this, but I, 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 I hope that this will be published soon for people to access whatever it is that you wrote and we'll, we'll feature that also. But maybe you want to talk about a few of those and, and what may be helpful for our audience to hear. Yeah, sure. So the reason that I was called to, to help people navigate the work of a spiritual awakening is because people just kept showing up in my life asking for help with it. And so I kind of gathered the commonalities between everybody. And I know that everybody is unique and different and they may not experience a spiritual awakening necessarily with these 10 signs, but these were very common from the people who approached me and also myself. And so 
one of them is that you get curious about your past, get curious about how it made you who you are. And then at some point you do take some radical responsibility about all of it. And so EFT can really help you go into those past events with a sense of safety, gentleness, passion. So as Miriam said, EFT is a stress reduction technique, but we know that it can go much deeper than that. But that stress reduction part is what allows us to go deeper. That ability of the body to stop producing cortisol, to get you into your parasympathetic state, to get you into your rest and digest allows you to really go into your past and really start seeing how you played a role in all of these things that happened in your life. So those are two of the things, getting curious about the past and radical responsibility. And another one that everyone kept approaching me about was lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. The things that they used to do with their life, the things they used to put in their bodies, maybe the alcohol, the food, the sedentariness, the social media addiction, like all of those different things, the spiritual awakening was not having it. It would make the alcohol not taste good. It would make yeah. the food you know, mess up in their stomach. So the body was deciding like, this isn't working for me anymore. And so EFT works really well with cravings and mm -hmm. with these kind of unwanted habits. Mm -hmm. So that's what I use with my clients when they want to make these lifestyle changes, start a new diet, start a new workout, incorporate some more meditation, get rid of these unwanted habits. The lifestyle changes that happen, that happen with the spiritual awakening can be facilitated through the use of EFT a lot more easily. And then just one more that I'll share is the oneness with everything. That beautiful mm -hmm. benefit of a spiritual awakening where you finally get to feel that egoless state where there's no break between you and spirit. It is all oneness. And my favorite way to relish this is through meditation, just really getting into that state of mind and EFT really helps with that to before meditation really eliminate all the things that are in your mind to acknowledge yeah. them and then you know clear them out so you can have a really nice productive beneficial meditation so those are just mm -hmm. a few of the things and it is in a new blog post that posted on one of my websites that's published mm -hmm. now so you can go find out some more yeah, amazing. And I think like what you point out is really important also to kind of like point out. And also like I hear Dawson say this over and over again. I hear Dr. Joe say this over again and other people too and Eckhart Tolle and all of these people. It's the most important piece about one of the most important pieces about this is just the consistency. There's no thing out there as in kind of like as in saying this is for this person, but not for the other person. This is for kind of like you have to be this age and not that age. And you have to be this weight and not that weight to kind of be able. No, it's for everyone. And if you approach this with the consistency of realizing these are just learned brain patterns, this isn't you. This isn't you. Yes. Those are patterns that can be bit by bit interrupted, unlearned, reapproached, reconditioned, rewired. And one of the, the pieces that is important about this is the consistency, is the practice. And especially to those kind of like out there saying, I just like meditation was just never my thing. The same like you can, of course, you're not going to run a marathon if you've never practiced to run a marathon. So you're not going to sit one hour in silent meditation when you start meditating, but you may start with just two minutes and maybe right. you start with three minutes. So it's, and it's all exactly. part of the practice in the same way EFT is just an incredible tool to help you with that consistency because it's a practical thing to actually get down your nervous, to, to really calm down your nervous system while you approach this. And it's almost like an enhanced kind of like mindfulness technique. Yeah, I just loved everything 
you shared today. And before we wrap up, Amanda, please share a little bit about your offering. So I definitely kind of want everyone to know that your website, let me just, it's amandawanderland.com, all the resources. And I know you're expanding and expanding and expanding. And then there's also your wake up weekends. You want to say a little bit more about that? For sure. So I host women's retreats with my beautiful business partner who teaches Kundalini yoga and also offers astrology and breath work and different forms of meditation. And I bring in my yoga, vinyasa and hatha and meridian and and also a new type of yoga that I invented that mm -hmm. involves some pendulation. So going back and forth between upsetting events and safe space, upsetting events and safe space. So it uses the same type of transformation sequence that we use with tapping. And then I also bring in tapping and it's specifically for women that are hoping to up-level their life, revamp their life, do what I did, get rid of some unwanted dysfunctional relationship dynamics and really just change how they're showing up in the world, but they may be coming up against these subconscious blocks or limiting beliefs, right. self-sabotage that's preventing them from making these long lasting transformations. So mm -hmm. these retreats are five day, four night retreats where we incorporate all of these practices as well as some sharing circles with your soul sisterhood. And it's just the most profound work that I have done. Absolutely life-changing for these beautiful women. So we do have one coming up in Montgomery, Texas this October. It's our fall retreat, October 11th through the 15th. And you can find out more at wakeupweekend.love, L-O-V-E. And we are so excited to welcome you into our soul sisterhood and just hold, hold you in a really compassionate, gentle, beautiful space where we can go in and start using these wonderful groundbreaking tools to help you inch forward on your goals and start making the progress that you deserve as we get rid of these subconscious blocks that are preventing you. Yeah. Incredible. Please, yeah. all of you go and check out Amanda's offerings. I'm sure these weekends are magnificent. With this, it's a wrap of this show. Thank you so much, Amanda, for being here. It was such a delight to have you and your amazing presence and energy. I'm sure it came across in, in your in, in, in through your speech. And I'm just thrilled to have you and also close as a as a colleague. And I also want to say for EFT Universe, we're actually about to launch our next certification round. So for everyone who is interested in becoming a certified practitioner, you may have Amanda even as your mentor. <laughs> Please go ahead and and sign up is at the end of April. And we would be excited to have you. Thank Absolutely. you so much, Amanda. Thank you. It's been my pleasure, Miriam. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.